So do you ever have uh, a story, uh, a past, something that maybe you weren't really that proud of, ever have something that happened to you that you didn't really want other people to know, but it just kind of follows you around where you go? Well, I have a few of them, and if you know me, that's probably no surprise to you. And these stories, this one I'm going to tell you, it's gotten around uh, a little bit, especially in our family and those people that know me. From the time I was a junior in high school until I was a sophomore in college, I had the fine privilege of driving a 1976 Chevy conversion van. And while that would have been super cool in 1976, it was 1992, and this is what she looked like. <laughs> yes, she was a beauty. I got to tell you, though, I enjoyed it because you could take your friends, all your friends, everywhere you wanted to go. Okay, so here's the story. It was late on a Saturday night, probably 1992-ish, just uh, after midnight. And yes, what they say is true. Nothing good happens after midnight. This story is no exception. I was taking a few guys home one night, and I rounded a corner, and the van started to stall out a little bit. Well, that's how you knew this van was almost out of gas, because when you rounded the corners, it would stall out as all the fuel would slosh over to one side. Well, that and the gas gauge, but in 1992, I wasn't going to let any gas gauge tell me how to run my life, so I used the fuel tank stalling out instead. And these two guys with me, they lived about seven miles outside of town, and uh, we weren't really close to anything, and we were running out of fuel quickly. Uh, side note, these two guys with me, uh, they were going to be my future brother-in-laws. I was dating their older sister at the time, so the plot thickens a little bit there. Well, I asked these two future Mensa members, uh, hey, where's the nearest gas station, fellas? Because I lived in the city, they lived in the country, I didn't know anything. They tell me, and this is still up for debate in our family, and so uh, I won't mention any names, but one of them says, hey, if you go down this road here and you take a left, you'll go down these old railroad tracks. And right at the end of those old railroad tracks is a gas station. So I had one question, only one question. There probably should have been more. Well, are the old railroad tracks still there or have they ripped them up? To which I was told they had been pulled up. And so that was all I needed to know. Let's do this. I was ready to go. About a quarter mile down the tracks, uh, I am encountering this large five foot, six foot tall gravel and cinder mound. Probably something that the railroad company had put there to keep 1976 Chevy conversion vans off of the tracks. And we had a dilemma, right? Do we go around it, which we couldn't. It was too narrow. It was a raised railroad track and too narrow. I couldn't turn the van around. So either I drive in reverse a quarter of a mile back down these tracks or right over the top of it, right? Uh, so after a meeting of the mind, and yeah, I say mind because back then the three of us probably had one put together. We said, let's do this. And I blame... Duke's a hazard for what's happening after this. But spoiler alert, we didn't make it. We got stuck right on that mound, teetering back and forth, right? We tried everything to get off. We pushed it, we pulled it, we jumped up and down in it, we rocked it back and forth all to get traction. None of that worked. Nothing worked at all. And so in the process of getting this van unstuck, it died. 
And we thought, oh no, something mechanical's awful. So we popped the hood, we're looking around. What you may know that, again, our one mind didn't put together is, oh yeah, about a half hour ago we headed down these tracks because we were running out of gas. <laughs> so it runs out of gas. And to make this long story a little shorter, we get to some telephones, we make a phone call, we get home about 1 a.m., we all get home safely, and we decide later uh, that we're going to come back the next day and pull it off the tracks. And so that you're certain that I'm telling you the truth, this is exhibit A. There it is. <laughs> uh, the gentleman looking under the back of the van there, uh, that's my future father-in-law, probably wondering if there's another guy under there for his daughter to date. The next picture, these are the players. On the left there, that's my uh, brother-in-law, Wade, my brother-in-law, Chet, and the guy in the flannel. If you couldn't tell, that was me. Maybe you have stories uh, that have been around for years in your family, right? They're the kind that people ask you to tell or others tell and that you inevitably end up talking about when you're all together with friends. Well, we all have a story, right? We all have a past. Some of it we talk about and it makes people laugh. Some of it we don't talk about because, well, we know it won't make people laugh and they won't laugh. Some of those stories um, we don't want people to know. We aren't proud of them. Maybe it's not something you're embarrassed about, but rather something that happened to you that's still too deeply painful to discuss. I mean, you're not proud, but it's in your past for a reason, and frankly, you're kind of glad it's there, right? So today, I want to talk about a place where your story matters, a place where your story was meant to be. So where is that place? Well, if you think I'm going to say church, uh, then you probably don't know me well enough because that's kind of the expected answer, and I'll reference back to the van story. I don't tend to do the things that are expected in my life, but I'll give you a riddle, okay? You were made for it. You were designed to be in it. What is it? Well, it is authentic Christian community. Oh, well, great, Tim. So you gave it a name. So that still doesn't explain it. I mean, does it really have to be authentic? Does it have to be Christian? Can it just be community? Yes, yes, and no. I'll explain a little bit more, but I want you to know that our past has a place inside authentic community. But first, if you're here and you aren't a follower of Christ, maybe you think that the Christian part of that community excludes you from this conversation. Um, let me tell you that I'm glad that you're here today, right? I'm sure that it isn't always easy for you to come to church. Maybe the stories and the scars that you don't talk about involve people that call themselves Christians. Or maybe you just haven't made up your mind yet. And that's okay. You're in the right place. And I believe that God has you here today for a reason. I hope that today that you see, regardless of if you follow Christ yet or not, that you were created to live in community with others. That you were made for it. I was made for it. So let's start all the way back at the beginning, the very beginning. Throughout creation, early in the book of Genesis, God created and said it was good. Over and over, he creates, and he says it was good. And at one point, he steps back and he said, 
That's very good. However, he, God, does something next that doesn't really fit the pattern. It doesn't fit the narrative of creation up to that point. In chapter 2, verse 18, he said it's not good. Well, gosh, if God says something isn't good, probably should keep reading to figure out what that is. And in verse 18, he says, Then the Lord God said, It's not good for the man to be alone. You see that? It's not good for man to be alone. So you may know what he does next, right? He created woman. And let me just stop right there and say, kudos God. Especially that redhead from Bunker Hill, Indiana that I later married. I suspect that if a woman, if that redhead would have been a part of that van story, it probably wouldn't have turned out quite like it did. And I can say that because since I've been married to her, a lot of stories, most haven't happened quite like that in my life. Notice I said most. I mean, it still happened. I got plenty of more, but she can't be with me all the time. So, <laughs> so anyway, back to Genesis. The creation of woman and man, that is the first human relationship. Not just a marriage relationship, right? But a deep, soul-connecting, person-to-person relationship. We were created for relationship. We were created not to be alone. We were created to be in community. So it has been God's design from the beginning that he would use you in my life and me in your life. His plan for care, love, support is through us and through others. It's not good for man to be alone. In the beginning, the creator made us to be relational. So let me also say that there isn't a prescribed path or place to experience authentic community. Part of my role here at the church is to oversee life groups, and authentic community can happen in a life group. And I would even say that it might be one of the best opportunities for it to happen. And our stated goal in life groups is to create the opportunity to connect relationally and grow spiritually. That's what community is. Can I encourage you today that if you aren't already in one, a life group, to get involved in one? A little side note here, February 23rd is our next Connections class. That's where you can get plugged into a group. I took the liberty of writing that in your notes and circling it for you. See you there. Thanks. So a life group, though, it's not the only place where that can happen, where authentic Christian community can take place. It can happen one-on-one. It can happen over time in brief moments or longer periods. It can happen in any relationship that you're intentional and open to where God may be at work. But let me tell you this, it's not just going to happen. Think about some of your closest friendships and relationships. Do those relationships grow because you sit and you wait for something to happen? No, you reach out. They reach out to you. You ask how they're doing. You care. What happens if you don't do that? Well, you tend to drift apart, right? That's what our friendships do. We have to be intentional about relationships and community with others. People rarely drift into community. If you're here today and you're saying, okay, yeah, but look, man, I'm not a people person. I get it. I understand that. People are needy. They're messy and they talk a lot. But there's got to be at least one person out there that you don't want to run over with your car. So let's start with that guy. Galatians 6, 2 through 3 says, 
share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help somebody, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. I love that ending, but ouch, right? I get it, Paul. I get it. But let's look at the front end of that verse. Note how it starts. Share each other's burdens. Sharing something has intentionality behind it. We don't accidentally share something, right? In this case, sharing is helping carry the load, the burden of someone else. In order to engage with someone else, we have to have purpose behind our actions. Sometimes that may mean we have to slow down, right? Can we rejoice with somebody in a hurry? Can you listen to them in a hurry? Grieve with them in a hurry? Have you ever had a really bad wound that left a scar, right? If you've cut yourself, likely you have, right? It heals back together, it leaves a scar. If you got really good treatment, right? Good stitches, and maybe it was small. Maybe you don't even know where that scar is at anymore. But what I'd like to propose to you is what if, what if the things that happen in our life, the emotional things that happen in our life, left physical scars on us that people could see, right? They could see them there. What would you do with them? Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I used to think you did with them, right, when it happened, right? I thought, well, let's say, all right, so let's just, for the sake of this argument, say that this scar, this wound, left a scar on your arm, right? And you see that scar on your arm. Let's not use that arm. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> let's use this one. Um, that scar on your arm, it leaves a wound, right? There's a wound there and it's messy and it's ugly and you don't really know what to do with it. Well, I used to think that growing up, what you had to do is you had to put it behind your back, right? You put it behind your back and you waited for it to heal and then you brought it out, but then you rolled your sleeves down and you went on with life. You didn't talk about that scar. You didn't talk about how God healed it and changed it. But later, and I mean much, much later in my life, that I start to think, well, maybe God wants me to show that scar, right? To do something with it, to talk about how he healed it, how he entered that picture and share that with somebody else that might be going through that same thing in their life. And now more recently, I'm being challenged with this. And I've only done this a couple times probably, Right? And I think inside authentic community and a relationship with God, this can happen and it can happen safely. But I think maybe God wants me to go, hey, uh, I just cut the mess out of my arm. And uh, I know it's ugly and it stinks a little bit. It's getting infected because I've hidden it for a while, but I don't, I don't really know what to do about it. Can you, can you help me? I think that's where God is challenging us inside that. And you know what? That's not easy. That is not going to be easy. It's hard. Authentic community can be hard. Here at the Ridge, we have a value. We aren't perfect, but we will be real. We believe God has called us to share our faults and our weaknesses and not fake it. You know, it's not easy to be real, is it? 
to share your faults and weaknesses. Sometimes it's easier to fake it. Sometimes. But we learn early in the Bible, right? Early on in the Old Testament that that God is going to use people who are broken. And that means relationships aren't going to be easy. Community with others sure would be a lot easier if we we were all perfect. We just finished the Ridge Reading Challenge here where we read the Old Testament in 2019. And if you joined us in that, right, you remember reading some of those stories. Some of the stories of how God used weaknesses in people for his glory. For example, Cain, the son of Adam, he kills his brother. Lamech, uh, Cain's great-great-great-grandson, was the first polygamist. A guy named Lot offered up his daughters to save himself and his guests from being violated by a mob. But that was an awkward conversation. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate that. But like those stories from the Old Testament, some of you may have scars from wounds that were self-inflicted. Maybe some of your scars are from life or circumstances that happened to you. Or maybe your scars are from past relationships or a relationship you're still in. Addiction, loss of someone you love, or maybe you're currently losing someone you love. Or maybe for you, it's something else. It's the very nature of that scar that makes community with others so difficult. Community's hard because it involves people, and we all have been hurt by other people. And that's a risk that we take when we enter into deep relationships and deep community. I mean, what if they fill in the blank, right? What if they use it against me? What if they betray my trust? What if they throw it back in my face? All of that's a risk when we enter into deep community. So what if I get hurt? Maybe some of you have been hurt, deeply hurt by people that you thought you were in deep, authentic community relationship with. You may be asking, how can I do it again? Well, it does require trust. Oh, okay, Tim. So uh, I get that, but did you just hear me? I, I did that. I tried it. It didn't work out so well. Well, as a matter of fact, the Bible does talk quite often about trusting in man. In Psalm 118, 8 through 9, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. It does say it right there in print, right? Better than trusting in people. But the front end of that, take refuge in the Lord. So trusting in the Lord is better than trusting in people. It requires trust in God. This means putting your trust in God, it won't fail you. There are several places in the Bible that we are told to put our trust in God. People can probably and will probably let you down, but we're still made for relationship with one another. When we enter into authentic Christian community, we can trust God. That doesn't mean if someone lets us down that it won't hurt. It means we can trust God through the difficult situations. Another thing that makes this so hard is that people are going to see your scars. They will see them. So then as we kind of get into this and we see that as we trust people, we're going to be at risk of letting them see our scars and see what's next in our lives and what's coming up. I want to pose a challenge to you right? Some of you may be sitting out there and wondering, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Maybe some of you are good at letting people see that scar and what's going on in your life, right? 
but maybe you aren't as aware of other people in your lives and what's going on with them. If that's you, just look up, look around. Everybody has one. Or maybe you're the other type of person. Maybe you're great at seeing wounds in other people. And you're like an ER doctor out there and you're helping everybody left and right and deal with their scars and deal with their wounds. And, but maybe, maybe you've got one arm behind your back because, because you're hiding something that you haven't let God use yet. In the book, Everybody is Normal Until You Get to Know Them, John Ortberg says the following. He says, the irony of the mask, and in this case, right, this is our arm behind our back. The irony of the mask is that although we wear them to make other people think well of us, they're drawn to us only when we take them off. Only when we remove it from behind our back and roll up our sleeve. We're cutting short the experience of authentic, truth-filled Christian relationships if we aren't talking about the scars with those people we care about. I remember a time really vividly um, when I knew that God wanted me to talk about a particular scar that he had helped me heal in my life. For me, this particular scar was about a painful time in my marriage. Vicki and I didn't know exactly how we were going to get through it, if we were going to get through it. But with some friends by our side, we went to counseling. This scar happened about 10 years ago in our relationship. And this story happened shortly after that. At this point, I was still wearing long sleeves around, right? It wasn't behind my back anymore, but I was wearing a long sleeve. I wasn't quite ready to share it with everybody. And I was sitting in a local restaurant and a friend of mine was working there at the time. And I was getting ready to leave and I asked her how she was doing. And she opened up to me in that moment. I think God prompted her to show me a wound that she had. I know this because later she told me she didn't know exactly why she told me her story. She then opened up to me about some marriage difficulties that she had, she and her husband were having, and her husband is also a friend of mine. Well, that was the moment that I felt the push to show my scar, to tell her a piece of my story. I remember trying to talk myself out of it. Maybe I was arguing with the Holy Spirit, right? But I was like, um, nope, this isn't the time. And I felt like I was being prompted, this is it, right? This is, where, this is where I want to use what you and Vicky went through. This is where your story has a place and a purpose. This is where I want to use it. But it wasn't just going to happen. I had to be aware of the moment. And also, it wasn't going to be easy. So I want you to hear the kind of the rest of that story. I want to invite my friends, Melissa and Jeremy, out. They're going to come out here with us. Talk to us a little bit. This is Melissa and Jeremy Jacobs. Hello. <laughs> Come on out. All right, you made it. Yep. Yep. So Melissa, um, I think they probably know that was an interaction that you and I had, right? And so we've talked about that since. If you could tell us a little bit more about from that point on your perspective of the story. Yeah, so um, I was at a point in life where Jeremy and I had decided that the best decision for us was to have commit to a divorce. We were done, and we were moving on, each of us in our own way, and I had started a job. Like you said, I was working at a restaurant, and I was on my lunch break and doing a Bible study, and I remember seeing you getting ready to walk out, 
you were super close to being able to exit the building without making interaction. Um, but you chose to stop and ask me how I was doing and not in that super rush, like, hey, how are you doing kind of way, like as you're still walking. You stopped and you sat down with me. And I remember feeling God prompt me to share just on my lunch break mm. with someone I kind of knew from church that my marriage was falling apart. Mm. And I remember we talked and you gave me all the good reasons that God had that we could save our marriage, all the good ways we could save our marriage. And one of those was through counseling. I remember giving you excuses, lots of excuses. And you gave me lots of reasons why none of those excuses mattered. <laughs> and I remember telling God, okay, I'm going to tell Jeremy about counseling, that that's something we should pursue. And I remember thinking, he's never going to do that, but I'll tell him. Yeah. So I gave you my phone number. Yeah. And I said, hey, have Jeremy give me a call if he has any more questions about that or wants to, what he wants to do. Um, and I remember thinking at the time, and I think you were too, yeah, he's not going to do that, right? And uh, within 24 hours, Jeremy, you gave me a call, uh, which I was totally surprised by, super thankful about. But what I really found interesting is that you really um, shared with me a lot of detail about what you were going through. And tell us a little bit about that, uh, that conversation, and maybe how God's using kind of that wound and those scars in your guys' life now? Yeah, well, I gave you a call not knowing what to expect, but that um, I just wanted to keep an open mind. And you shared with me what happened with you and Vicki and the counseling you went through. And I just kept thinking that I didn't think counseling was for me, but that I wanted to be open to that, you know, type of mindset. And I remember my only son at the time saying, why does daddy have a girlfriend? And I thought, this doesn't sound right. And it was really convicting and that I needed some help that I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And going through the counseling, I remember when I was done, the thing that stuck out most to me was that God loves me as much as he loves his own son, Jesus. So, Melissa, how, how has this scar been used, this wound that even still has healing, right, to do, but they're starting to scar, right, over, and you guys are starting to use it, because I know your story. How are, how are you using that now in your lives? Um, it's been really awe-inspiring to see how God has allowed us to share our biggest hurt in a way that can bring him glory and show that the love of God can transform a human heart and a marriage. So God has now blessed us with the ability to share with other people who are going through struggles in their marriage, specifically other wives. I get a lot of other wives that are like, hey, I know your story, or I shared your story, or um, can we just talk about what I'm going through? And being able to be vulnerable with them like you were with me mm. has been, it's made it worth it. Mm. And yeah. now we have more children. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you guys. Thanks for coming up here and just giving us a kind of a glimpse what that looks like in your life. Let me pray for you, okay? God, I thank you so much for Melissa and Jeremy and the way that you've taken this wound, begun to heal it, begun to show them how loved they are by you and how you are using that, that scar so that other people can see what you can do and how they point to it regularly. And thank you for it. And it's your name that I pray, amen. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. So Melissa said it. It's worth it, right? Authentic Christian community is worth it.
God uses it to change stories like mine and like Jeremy and Melissa's, like yours. Community is a place where God can use your scars. In 2 Corinthians 1, verse 4, it says, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. He uses us for that, right? He comforts us. We comfort others. That's his design. That's his plan. In Psalm 133, we read, it can be a joy to be an authentic Christian community. In Romans chapter 12, we learn that we're better together. We're like a body with many different parts, and we all have different meaning but belong to one body. We all have a different purpose. And yes, if you're wondering, some of us are the appendix. We don't really know why we're here, but God knows. So we're all part of one body. If you don't have something like this in your life, find it. Remember, community can be for just a moment or it can grow with time. God is always working around you. And if you're open to him and looking for it, you're going to find it. Maybe you'll be sitting in a local restaurant like I was, and one day you'll think, is this it? God, do you want me to show them my scar and talk about how you healed the wound? Authentic Christian community is where your past has a place. And maybe you have a wound right now, and it's just a mess. You don't know how it's ever going to heal. Maybe it's starting to get infected a little bit. It's warm to the touch. It stinks, and it hurts And if that's you, be on the lookout for the moment when you may be challenged to show somebody your wound. Maybe that's the person God has planned to help you heal. Listen to God say to you, you were made for this. I know it's hard, but I promise you it's worth it. You may be sitting here today and and you don't have a relationship with God, but you know you have wounds and scars like all the rest of us here. Maybe you've been trying to understand why they happened and how those scars can ever be more than that, just a scar. Authentic Christian community and a relationship with God is where your past has a place. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for having us here today. I thank you for um, giving us a design where you can help us heal, where you will use each other, where you will use me, where you will use others in my life to heal a wound. I pray that you would help us to use these scars that are in our lives or these wounds that we have right now to connect with other people, to connect with you in that moment. And I thank you that you can take these things, these ugly things, and just make them beautiful in our lives. And it's your name we pray. Amen.